Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz. And the transfer portal is officially open in Syracuse. Who's leaving? Frank Aslam. Why? I can only guess. But my guess is that he got a taste of starting when Jesse Edwards went down. Jesse Edwards is coming back next season. So, therefore, Aslam doesn't want to go back to the bench. He wants to start. He had some nice games. He had 15 rebounds in his first game against Virginia Tech when he started. And he had a decent game in the ACC tournament against Florida State. He had some other great moments. He had some bad moments, but I think he can start for another program. He just didn't want to wait two more years, potentially, to start at Syracuse. And the other bit of news is on Thursday, Judah Mintz, a recruit from Oak Hill in Virginia, announced he will come to Syracuse. He's a 6'3 point guard. That makes six incoming freshmen for Syracuse. I'll talk about them more maybe next week. But begs the question, will he start? Will he come off the bench? What about Torrance? What about Gerard? If you've listened to my podcast before, you know what I think. I think it should be Samir Torrance and Joseph Gerard at the two guard. And this guy, Judah Mintz, while a slasher and highly acclaimed, ranked 35 in ESPN's 100, which is a recruiting service run by ESPN, He's a good player, but he's a freshman. Benny Williams, same thing, was highly recruited, but didn't play that much. So Jim Beheim doesn't guarantee anyone a starting position, and Mintz won't be any different. So I'll look for him to come off the bench next season to spell Torrance, to spell Gerard. I think that works fine. I'm sure there'll be more news coming up like that in the next couple of weeks. I'll bring on some other guests to kind of break down the transfer portal, the recruits coming in a little bit better than I could do. But I wanted to talk about the Final Four this weekend. The Elite Eight games were pretty much snoozers, but the Final Four has got some blue bloods. North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Villanova. First time in history, all four teams have multiple titles. So I thought, you know, how can I relate it to Syracuse? Well, three of the teams played Syracuse this season, and Syracuse lost to them. Villanova beat them in the Duck Garden. Duke three times, last time they were robbed. And North Carolina... Syracuse had the ball and lost the ball out of bounds and lost in overtime, which could have changed the whole season. But that's a whole other story. Anyways, I decided to bring on my friend, graduate from North Carolina, witness a championship while he was in college, Adam Peterson. What's up, Adam? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm good. Not as good as you, I guess. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> so um, did you go to North Carolina just because – of the basketball program or is it because of school? Uh, well, I, I grew up in North Carolina and, um, as a state school there, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a nice thing to have. Um, I, re- I originally, originally went to, uh, committed to East Carolina for music, but then at the last minute went to, uh, UNC and, um, probably for the better in the long run, for sure. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, quite different basketball programs, East Carolina. And yeah. North. Um, he's probably pretty good at football. Maybe they got them at football and baseball too. They're pretty good. So you went to North Carolina. Was it just all the time? North Carolina hoops. Is that what everyone talked about all the time? Or is there anything else? I know lacrosse is good there, but did anyone care except for about basketball? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. Our, our, our football team, I think it was right after Mac Brown. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the first time. Uh, John Bunting was a coach. So when I was there, right, we beat Florida State when they were good. They, we beat Miami when they were good. So that was cool. But our football team wasn't really anything. But my freshman year was Raymond Felton, Sean May, Rashad McCants, Marvin Williams was a sixth man. Uh, we beat Illinois in the championship that game. That team had Darren Williams. Uh, and then Tyler Hansbrough came the next year after that. And, um, you know, that was an incredible run. I think the first year they lost to George Mason and then they were lead eight in my junior year, senior year, they were final four lost to Kansas. And then they won in 2009 with, uh, Danny Green, Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington and Hansbrough was a senior then, of course. Right on a lot of those names, a lot of pros, you know, either. Yeah, it was a run. It was a run for sure. <laughs> you know, you know, my podcast is about. Syracuse a lot and now I've expanded. So I brought more people on that aren't just talking about Syracuse, but I am going to talk about Syracuse in this sense, because, you know, being a person that grew up watching ACC and going to an ACC school, what did you think when Syracuse and Pittsburgh and all these other teams kind of like came to the ACC where you like, that's a good thing. That's a, that's a strange thing. I'd say, I mean, it's always great playing Syracuse during the regular season because when you get to the NCAA tournament, like for example, I think St. Peter's through his own, briefly at at them in the second half and you know Carolina knows what to do with that because we play you guys at least like twice a year and and it's it's it's, it's nothing for us so I mean Syracuse I, mean, I remember back in the day watching watching games with you and um you know even when you guys played it this year this this year was tough but you know I always I was a little, I was a little hesitant playing you guys just because of the zone and for you know you always have like an incredible team, whether or not you might have the talent that matches up with Carolina or Duke. The, 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 the team that Bayheim has is always, always incredible. And it's, it's punctuated by that zone, which, you know, most teams can't break down in college. Let, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I say yes and no, because, you know, look at the titles, one title for Syracuse and six titles for North Carolina. So uh, you know, it's great that he can get the best out of his guys sometimes and definitely get some wins against teams that he shouldn't. But let's talk about that one game. I mean, this year, because I think it, it really changed how North Carolina could have maybe even not made the tournament. You and I were texting back and forth during the game. You're like, if North Carolina loses this game, I don't know if they're going to make it. Do you think they would have maybe got knocked out if, if they had lost to Syracuse in that game? I mean, that was certainly the, the the perception at the time. I mean, what I liked, at least from a, from my perspective, was that we came at you pretty hard in OT. Like RJ Davis got got five quick points, um, which is something that really didn't happen earlier on in the season. Like you know, we always kind of once Carolina got any sort of adversity thrown at them, they just kind of rolled over and just like took a twenty point loss or twenty five point loss. So, I mean, it was good to see, you know them in overtime like take it take it to Syracuse like 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 they did and come out with the win similar to what they did with Baylor in the tournament like when when Baylor came all the way back from 25 down and took it overtime I was like oh my gosh like there's no way that Carolina is going to pull this one out especially with Manic out Caleb Love fouled out and then the same thing like they they straight off straight off the bat like Dontre Styles hit a three and, and and took it straight at him in overtime and didn't look back so you know for for Carolina, like it definitely wasn't like that at the, at the beginning of the year. Um, I think they found their stride in January after they lost to Wake Forest. I, before that, they they got crushed by Miami. By Miami, they got crushed by Wake Forest. We had a couple guys that left the program for one reason or another, and that that tightened the rotation. 
And, you know, the team really came to their own. Like they got crushed by Duke, of course, and then they lost by, to Pittsburgh uh, uh, pretty handily, which was pretty embarrassing. But yeah, I mean, at the point, like if Syracuse were one that would have won that game, I mean, everybody would have ridden off Carolina and, you know, maybe they would have made a run in the ACC tournament. Who knows? But good to show that they, 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 they came through in adversity and won that game. They win that game and they beat Duke in Cameron. Of all the times that you've watched Duke, North Carolina, was that the ultimate like aha moment of we got you guys? That was incredible. That was incredible. Like I, like, I will remember that game like more than any other so for the rest of my life. I mean, I remember in college watching JJ Reddick senior night get spoiled, but just the fact that like freaking, you know, they were showing celebrity after celebrity. Jerry Seinfeld was there. They had all the old Duke players all standing there, and you know, they just like they, they just dominated in the in the in the second half, and it was just awesome to see. It was so great, and yeah, it was that game. You you could say was has been the start of his run that got him the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, I you know I like to say it was a Syracuse team just because. You know, sure. Yeah, for for this intensive purposes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just I mean I th- you know it's it's weird like it happens to a lot of teams where they have that one game where it's they could fold like you said and then they just go and it's like. You know, if you look at their team or you if you take away the seeds and look at their team, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of talent on the team. They just went to a rough patch, new coach with Hubert stepping in, Hubert Davis. You know, what what do you see that's different from Hubert to from Roy, from Roy Williams? Oh, I mean, it's 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 kind of night and day, like the, 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 the way they play. Uh, you know, Roy always had two big guys down low, hammer the paint we would out rebound you every single game and then, and then, and then hit you on the secondary break with Hubert. Like, you know, I've never seen a point guard walk it up the floor until this, until this year with, with, with RJ Davis, but they play a lot more pick and pop screening, screening along the perimeter to get guys open for threes. But, you know, you still have Baycott on the ins on the, on the inside, you know, like, like you said, before we started here, like he had 20 and 20 against St. Peter's, like, which is a ridiculous stat line, but you know, we would never see this emphasis on a perimeter game under Roy, like, like, like you do under Hubert, which is cool. Cause I mean, that's the way the game's going. I mean, everybody, everybody that's on the, on the court right now should, should be able to shoot a three. And that's, that's basically what, what, what the Tar Heels are. Yeah. Except for big guy. I mean, he's like a traditional big guy, which is just like, right. Like instead of North Carolina, always got a big guy. Well, I like big and manic. He's like, they, you know, they don't, I don't say they're unassuming dudes because they're a huge guy. If you looked at Manic and didn't know it was great, it was Manic, you would think that it was just this, like, this slow guy, but he's always cutting, you know, he's got a nice outside shot. It's almost like teams forget about him because he's just that one guy on the team, but he can kill you slowly if they let him. Yeah, and he wasn't really doing that back in December and, and January. Like, like I said, you know, they had two guys that that left the team. Um, Anthony Harris was a guard that he's still with them, but he was ruled ineligible, probably for academics. But you know who really knows? They don't. They don't say. And then Dawson Garcia was a transfer from Marquette, who had some illnesses in the family back home, so he did leave the team and 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 went back home. Who knows if he's going to play play with them? But you know that shortens the rotation up quite a bit. So. You know, I, I, I told you all the time when we're watching games, like, you know, we don't go that deep. Like we have five guys that play basically 35 minutes a game. I mean, Duke kind of has, 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 has a similar thing, but, you know, Brady Manic was probably playing like 20 minutes a game back in December and January and wasn't, we weren't really seeing that from him. But then once the rotation 
shortened up and Hubert was kind of forced into a lineup, you saw what, what he was capable of. And you saw guys that knew how to play with each other, like finally, because that wasn't happening um, um, earlier on in the season. Yeah. And then, you know, Baycott, as you mentioned, his, his stat line was the first time since 83 or in the lead eight or something like that, where Akeem Olajuwon had it. So that's good company to have him. But what I also like him is that, you know, same thing. Like he understands what he can and can't do. Like he's always around the basket. He's always cleaning up messes. He's always blocking shots. He's always getting rebounds. He's not trying to be anything else but that. And it's like, that's so different than how almost every other player is. Like you said, everyone's shooting threes, but he's like a traditional big man in a three-man era. And it's an advantage. It's an advantage for them to have those two guys, I think. And as you said, watching, kind of watching throughout the year, it's like Manic was a big-time player at Oklahoma. You know, like he came in as a yeah. transfer. It's like he had to, he had to adjust, you know, a little bit. And sometimes it just happens, you know, as it, as it goes. So, you know, yeah. So they, they hammer Marquette. It's not even close. As you said, they beat Baylor, the fighting champs. They beat UCLA, who was in the Final Four last year. Then they stopped the Cinderella store in St. Peter's. And it's just yeah. like all those games, it's almost like you said, it's one play away. I mean, the, the UCLA game, I thought they caught that save he made. You know, that changed the game to me. I know uh, Love was the man, but they caught made the save, you know, and stuff like that. And he does the little things. So – you know, after they beat UCLA, I mean, your confidence must have been pretty sky high after that game, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say so. Like, in, in the tournament, obviously anything can happen, and I've seen this team enough, like, fall on its face where that's always kind of in the back of the back of my mind. But just the way that they've played over the last month has been so unbelievably poised, and and they can hit you through through from, from so many different ways. I mean, if you look at the St. Peter's game, Armando Baycott's game. If you look at UCLA against UCLA, Caleb Love went off for 30 points. Baylor, Manic had like over 20, 25 points before, before he uh, he got ejected, but with 10 minutes left in the second half. RJ Davis had had a crazy stat line. Point is, is that they can hit you from from so many different angles, inside, outside. Like when they played, when they played Duke and Cameron, four of their starters had 20 points and leaky black who doesn't score, but he's one of the best defenders in the, in, in the, in the entire NCAA right now. So our starting five is can match up pretty well with Duke, you know, in, 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 in my opinion, if anybody gets into foul trouble or any, any injuries or anything like that, that's when we start running their problems as you saw with the, with the Baylor game. When, when they had to face St. Peter's, though, was were you like a little nervous that like it's they've beaten these such great programs and teams and they're going to play St. Peter's, the, the story everyone was looking for? I mean, in the back of my mind, like I knew that that would run out after a while. Like I, I was shocked that they they beat Purdue. Purdue must have been kicking themselves because they had a chance to play a Carolina team that they beat relatively comfortably in Connecticut uh, uh, earlier on in the season. Um and that would have that, that, that would have been a game that would have been a more challenging than a UCLA game for sure. So when St. Peter's ended up winning, I was like, okay, you know, this is probably going to happen. But again, knowing what what lied lied in store for the uh, the Final Four. Us Syracuse fans don't really know what it's like to have multiple titles and uh, be present during like college and also after college. You know, you, you saw them win in 09 and 2017, and as you said as I said, 21 final fours. So like put it in perspective for me as a Carolina fan, like when, when Carolina makes the final four, are you just like, eh, or is it just, or is it different every year for you? No, it's awesome. I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible. Uh, 
and the thing the thing the way that carolina is, does it i mean at least at least on a roy like he develops guys that probably weren't you know like the guys that duke gets who you right. know are going to be in the top three picks like he develops guys for three years at least and to see you know where they were at freshman you know for to, as, as a freshman to junior and senior winning their when winning a national championship or going to the final four like he had a pretty good cycle going on which the one and done era and the pandemic kind of derailed a little bit um you know Kobe White wasn't supposed to be a first round pick but he just he went off incredibly in his in his, in his freshman year and got drafted of course of, of course he should should go pro uh but if he was stayed on for another year he would have had Cole Anthony play <laughs> play be be his uh be his uh, his backcourt partner that would have been a team to see but you know I don't think Roy could have kept up with the transfers and the one and dones and things like that. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully Huber can strike gold again with Brady Manick in, in, uh, in, in this, in this transfer window, but, you know, to see teams develop for three years and to see them accomplish something is just, is, is awesome. So cool. Years past over recent years, you've been taken a year by year, but, you know, when I think about when I was in school, like, Tyler Hansbrough came my sophomore year, and that was definitely a progression of seeing them in the second round, Elite Eight, Final Four, and then finally winning in 09. Same thing for when um, they won in 2017, like the year before they lost to Villanova on that on that unbelievable sequence where Marcus Page hits it to tie it. Yeah. And then I forget the dude's name on, on, on Villanova. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there, yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, God. I was, yeah. I, I was beside myself when that happened, but then to see him uh, hit that shot. And then in 2017, you know, Luke may freaking Luke may like leading that team to a national championship. Like Luke may was, a was, a was a three-star um, um, afterthought coming into Carolina with, yeah. with, with, with all the guys that, that they're used to get used to getting, and he stayed there for four years and, yeah. and look, yeah. look at the player that, that, that he was for them. One the of the national champions. I did a lot of games for ESPN and I did a North Carolina game. And, and I remember this vividly because you always had to like, you have to fill up this form to make graphics sometimes. And he had nothing. He had like 0.8 points per game. Yeah. That guy, whatever. He came in the game and he scored a couple of passes. Like who, everyone on the everyone's kind of looking at him like, who is this guy? And then that was kind of the start yeah. of his progression. All right, so let's get to the inevitable. Like, what do you see happening on on Saturday? Oh man, well after after we beat St. Peter's and you know we knew we were going to be in the final four, it was probably a a, a, a mild panic attack from like Sunday night into Monday. <laughs> but you know, like we beat them before and we beat them in Cameron on probably the biggest stage possible um they crushed us back in february but you know they were we're a totally different team now than than we were back then so it's going to be an amazing game it's going to be tight it's going to be high scoring i think the 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 over under is 151 you know take 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 the over for sure um you know carolina can score with them and they match up really well like i said leaky black is one of the best defenders uh in the in, in the country and can and can lock down anybody that 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 he guards i don't think Bancaro has driven into the paint in this tournament uh, against a guy like Baycott. So, you know, as long as Baycott can stay out of foul trouble, like he's going to be a presence in there. And, you know, we have three legitimate shooters that can, that can, that can put up, that can put up 20 points or can hit, hit three or four threes a night. So, you know, if everything's clicking, like Carolina can, can, can run with anybody, including Duke. And I prove that. So it'll be a tight game. I think Duke will be more focused than they were probably the last time they played in Cameron. Um, you know, 
the pressure's on Duke. It's not on us. We're not supposed to be here. We're we're an eight seed. They thought that they 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 wrote us off, uh, even making the tournament um, or, earlier on in the month. So, you know, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be one of the one of the best games of the year, I think. And I'm gonna be on the edge of my seat the whole time. Uh, well, unfortunately, I I think what's going to happen or I have an idea what's going to happen is no matter what in that game, they're going to wear each other out. We've seen it so many times where the, the final four teams play each other so hard and then the championship sometimes is less. I hope that doesn't happen with the Duke North Carolina game, but I think Kansas is going to roll Villanova, unfortunately. And so yeah, if you're, if you're a Jayhawk fan this year, you're, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Like, you know, Duke's not that deep of a team either. Carolina certainly isn't. And they're like, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. And whoever comes out for that game has to get up again Monday night to play at Kansas. Yeah. Uh, but again, like no one's really talking about that. All they're talking about is Carolina Duke in the final four. Like I said before, this is a tournament, a final four that has four teams that have won multiple titles. Villanova has won two yeah. since 2016, one against North Carolina and one against Michigan in 2018, where they actually killed them. You know, they've kind of like moved themselves up to that, that level. I mean, obviously North Carolina with six titles and 21 final fours and Duke, you know, Shashevsky himself has 13 appearances in the Final Four. I mean, these are some big hitters in the Final Four. So, I mean, you talked about, you know, the guys staying out of foul trouble. Any other part that people would watch out for that only a Carolina fan would maybe know? The entire season, the game always ebbed and flowed, depending on how Caleb Love played. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> I mean, look at look at the UCLA game, like case in point. He scored, what, you know, points four points. Back. In the, in, the, in, the, in the first half, like like if if that, and it goes off for thirty in the in the end of the game, like it was ridiculous. And I was texting you that game was like, oh my god, the shots that this guy's putting up is like driving me crazy. You know, he has a talent, but so rarely does he put it put it together for like a good stretch of games. Um, so him having a tremendous game bodes well for Carolina. But again, he could also turn the ball over five times and, you know, go 0 for 8 on, on, on three-pointers. Like, he's not the kind of guy that's going to stop shooting, which is both good and bad. But, you know, if Carolina has a chance to win this game, like, he's got to play well. Like the, We have two ball handlers on our team. R.J. Davis is the point guard usually, and Caleb loves him playing more off the ball um, later, later on in the year. But we, we, we go as – as 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 Caleb Love goes for sure. Well, it's all the love, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that? that? That game against UCLA, man. Every single time he shot, it was a pun. It drove me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a it's like a commentator's dream, you know. It's like love this, love that. All you need is love. Sometimes it's about someone that you don't even think about, you know. Again, with Duke, I mean, Grayson Allen. How he became famous was that Final Four against Wisconsin. He wasn't a starter. He was the eighth best player on the team, and he was the one that won. It's like there right. could be someone on each bench or in, in these games that just kind of come out of nowhere. The tra- what's the transfer's uh, the transfer's name from Virginia? He's kind of in and out McCoy. of the game. McCoy. Uh, McCoy. Justin, McCoy. Justin McCoy. Yeah, yeah McCoy. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he's got raw talent, but he also seems confused sometimes. Like. I could say that he could be one of those guys where no one expects him to do anything and he could come out of nowhere and do something. Do you think he could do that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was, that was Dontre Styles during in, in, in Baylor. Like he had to play uh, same thing, same thing with, with McCoy. He had to play because, you know, Manic got ejected. Caleb Love fouled out. Um, Baycott was in foul trouble. 
So Styles hit that three against Baylor to kind of set the tone for overtime. And McCoy played played some good minutes. Like he's he's fundamentally solid. He's not gonna he's not gonna score. He's not gonna defend particularly well. But you know you just hope he kind of gives you good minutes to stave off whatever Baycott or Manic might 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 be doing. Um, you know there's there's no secrets between these teams anymore. Uh, everybody knows what Carolina is about. Everybody knows what's, what's Duke's about. Um, the one guy, if you're looking for a guy, I would look for maybe, maybe Puff Johnson, Cam Johnson's little, little brother, who's, who won, won the national championship for Carolina's now, now with the Suns. Puff Johnson is going to be good next year. Um, he could possibly find himself and hit a couple big shots if he needs to, needs to put in minutes for, 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 for somebody. I could, I could see that happening probably more than McCoy doing or anything. I mean, talk about puns for names. You got some good ones there too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if he actually does something in the final four game, we have what, what, what people will be saying. <laughs> <laughs> good ones. So Adam and I have been friends for a while. Um, we worked together at ESPN and I was actually his best man at his wedding even though he's a Carolina guy, actually, when he got married, is the same year Syracuse joined the ACC, so we had more time to watch games together. So, Adam, uh, I know you've got your own business. What are you working on? Uh, so, I do uh, videography and production services on the side, uh, AP Creative Media. Uh, you can find me Instagram, Facebook, APCreativeMedia.com. Um, small businesses, events, weddings, anything that you might want a camera for, I'm, I'm your guy. Speaking of weddings, do you see some people have weddings this weekend that they had to maybe almost postpone? Or I've seen people that are hand in hand that are Duke and North Carolina fans and they're, they have to like replan their wedding almost. And there's a, who's the country? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, um, uh, I don't know any of these music, but Eric Church like put yeah. out a statement to his fans saying he was canceling the concert so he could watch, go watch the Tar Heels with his family. <laughs> so, what do you think, uh, so what do you think your wife would say if that went down? There's some some something you guys have had planned already, like oh know. during oh, oh for 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 our wedding specifically um, <laughs> no no not your wedding specifically <laughs> but I'm saying like for the final four if you guys had some sort of plans and as Duke North Carolina would she be understanding or now oh yeah I'm 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 sure um and this and this this runs this runs been pretty cool actually because like my 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 two boys are three and six and they saw me getting into the games during the tournament so they started getting into them. Uh, the the game on Saturday night is probably gonna be a little too late. You know, same goes for Monday. Should 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 it get to that point? But um, we watched the Baylor game together, and they 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 saw how much it meant to me, and they started getting into it, which was which was awesome for sure. I think what we should do is get a camera on you for Gone Dog during the whole show. I mean, that sounds like great. No, I will probably huh. kick it over within within five minutes for the first half for sure. Like <laughs> you know, it's 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 been an awesome season, and I never thought it would be, the, the, this team would make it to the Final Four. But you know, too much is riding on this game to me for 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 me to be doing any viewing parties or or or, or camera feeds or anything like that. <laughs> Saying, I mean, it could be good video. It could change, you know. Yeah, it could be, but I don't think anyone wants to see that. <laughs> I don't know. People put a lot of stuff on the internet these days that are really stupid. So, like oh Carolina God, fans, I know. Carolina fans jumping up and down, or Duke fans jumping up and down. I think that's like instant to be on, you know, House of Highlights or uh, one of those offshoot brands there but uh all right man thanks for coming on appreciate it i know uh you're busy with a million things but it was good to talk and get your perspective on north carolina if anyone needs any more north carolina perspective hit him up oh yeah thanks man that was a lot of fun talking to my buddy adam peterson getting his perspective on north carolina 
He grew up in the state. He went to school there. He witnessed a championship while he was in school. He's witnessed three championships in adult life. But even still, he cherishes these Final Fours, especially this one with this 8 seed team that really made a turnaround. At the beginning of the season, they were getting blown out by Kentucky, by Purdue, by teams in the ACC. They almost lost to Syracuse. Then they go to Cameron. They beat Duke. They beat Baylor defending champs. They beat UCLA, which was a Final Four team last year. They end their run at St. Peter's. Now they have a chance to... Stick it to Duke one more time in the Final Four, which will make a very interesting game, I think. Oh, by the way, Kansas-Villanova on the other side of the bracket. Multiple titles on each of them. But as I indicated earlier, I think Kansas is going to win that game handily just because Villanova is not a deep team, although they have experience with Gillespie and Samuels. Justin Moore, Torres Achilles against Houston. He's out. That's 15 points per game they're going to be missing. If you watch the Houston-Villanova game, Villanova couldn't barely put the ball in the basket. Yes, Houston had something to do with it, but... You can't afford to have less offense against Kansas. Enjoy the Final Four. I hope I'm wrong and Villanova and Kansas ends up being a good game because I hate watching blowouts in the NCAA tournament, especially in the Final Four. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and more. You can also hit me up on social media, Dome Dog Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube. And don't forget to join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Dome Dog Pod. That's D-O-M-E, D-A-W-G-P-O-D.